Alternative Radio. A kind of a pre-roll time. You know the Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly brought to you by Inked Marketing Solutions. And the Inked Marketing Solutions crowdfunded comic for this year episode belongs to... Oh, I'm excited about this one, people. Warlash. Cold metal mayhem i could probably stop right there right but no i'm gonna keep going i'm gonna tell you a little bit about this uh from the first off the creator frank forte from the man that has brought you such properties as i don't know like despicable me 2 and uh bob's burgers which is my two-year-old's favorite thing of all time uh lovecraft country uh fantasy island solar opposites that's his like tv stuff and then he's got he's a heavy metal magazine and you know he wrote some bob's burgers comics i love me some bob's burgers comics I love Bob's Burgers, people. Um, and he, he's, he's back. He's back with more. He's done a whole bunch of things, Mr. Frank Forte, but he's back with a Warlash Cold Metal Mayhem. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about Warlash Cold Metal Mayhem. Uh, he well, He's an armored warrior of the apocalyptic future. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm so pumped for this, man. As soon as anything with metal in the title, I'm all about it. So uh, this issue here, it reintroduces Warlash with three tales of hard-boiled science fiction crime noir we've got kidnappings we've got mutant powers we've got i don't know sewer monsters devouring people at will um uh, it's <laughs> i don't know what to say people this just looks incredible you're gonna have to check it out for yourself you go to kickstarter to do that and uh, search warlash cold metal mayhem and it's brought to you by frank forte and illustrated by the stealthy steve mannion get on it now, people, while you still have time, proudly brought to me to bring to you by Inked Marketing Solutions. Podcast recommendations, you ask? Brian Wayne here, co-curator of The Apocalypse, And I know that sounds gnarly. That's because it is gnarly, man. The Apocalypse. What is The Apocalypse? The Apocalypse is a culmination of the gnarliest podcast, independent podcast, the internet has to offer. So instead of trying to go to Twitter the next time you uh, need a new podcast to listen to and try to get Twitter famous, podcast recommendations, please. Just think The Apocalypse, man. And it's ironic because The Apocalypse is only the beginning. It's only the beginning. Just go to podchaser.com. It's it's in the top list. The top list in the whole world. So whether you're looking for true crime, sports, uh, role-playing, uh, I don't know, anything, anything. Think of a podcast. It's on the apocalypse. It's like the apocalypse with a D. Hmm. And do not forget to follow the Apocalypse on Twitter as well. Once again, that is the Apocalypse. If you're looking for a podcast recommendation, the Apocalypse is sure to have something for you. Welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I am your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 321. Good How are you? Hmm? Um, uh, the, 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 on this episode, mm-hmm, I will, uh, it's going to be a creator corner. Sorry, I'm a little lost right now. I forgot what podcast I was doing for a second. <laughs> um, the, the, oh, man, this, this creator corner. This one, uh, I love it when I get caught by surprise. And I'm not saying I had low expectations or anything like that, but when it's a creator that I'm not aware of that reaches out, 
um, I, 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 you know, I, I always have that, that slight little, I don't know what to expect, you know, um, I, I don't know anything about Jonathan Stevenson or Luke Balmer going into this, but I tell you what, their energy reaching out to me, fantastic. As a matter of fact, um, I, I thought I was just kind of talking to Jonathan going into this and then Luke popped in and it was, uh, I t ah, man, I tell you what, disco knots is what we're talking about here, people, disco knots, disco knots which is uh, <laughs> live now on Kickstarter. You got to get at it, people. It was funded um, damn near immediately. Funded in four days. It's a project Kickstarter loves. Um, they really don't need me pushing this book, but I know I have some listeners out there. They're going to appreciate this. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I'm not a fucking disco fan. You know, I like me some metal. That's how I roll. But uh, I still love music and comics. It really doesn't matter what kind of music it is. Uh, when it's incorporated with comics, it's going to have my attention. And these guys, they had my attention. Um, I, uh, I'm... I'm so excited for you guys to discover, possibly, maybe you already know who Jonathan, Steven, and Luke Balmer already are. And if you are, fuck, uh, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Uh, <laughs> um, I, I really, really hope you enjoy this here conversation when I corner uh, old Jonathan Stevenson and Luke Balmer. Here you go. All right, Jonathan Stevenson, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I appreciate you carving out the time. I know it's a whole different time of the day in your part of the world. So, um, yeah, middle of the afternoon here, and you're probably getting ready to, I don't know, hit the sack over there, man. So I appreciate you staying out a little extra late for me tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not quite staying up late yet, but, uh, yeah, it's been – I've had a, a lot of long days lately. Um when you're uh, launching a Kickstarter, you know, there's there's a lot to be done that I don't think, well, I certainly didn't appreciate going in. <laughs> and then as you kind of start heading into it, there is, there's a hell of a lot to be done. Plus, you know, I'm working a regular job anyway. So, yeah, yeah long yeah. days. It, it makes it difficult. I mean, when, when you when you do still have to go out and like live a, a real person life, and you know pay the bills and everything we can't just sit here and sit on the computer and focus on the kickstarter and you know the the dream all the time and it makes it difficult it really does i understand that all too well so this is why i uh i don't know i give the platform to, to creators like yourself because it, it is so much more than just you know i'm gonna put up a kickstarter and let the thing do its thing i mean it's it's as much as a full-time job as being a postman or anything else it's it's ridiculous but before we get into all of this jonathan i i like I like to know a little bit more about the creator than you know yourself personally. Um, so I, just like every amazing comic book character, there's an origin story behind it. So I have to know a little bit more about your origin story, Jonathan. Oh, it looks like we have uh, someone joining us too. Um, it looks like Luke's jumping in here. Uh, uh, we're we're, um, we're going to have a, a three-way here, it looks like, with uh, Luke Balmer jumping in, uh, the, the writer, or I'm sorry, the artist on the uh, the Kickstarter project coming up here. Uh, what's up, Luke? Hello. Hey, Luke, how are you, man? Yeah, good, thanks, how are you? Nice to meet you. I'm doing well, I'm doing well. I'm glad you can make it. I was just uh, talking with Jonathan here. We were getting his origin story, man. Oh, nice. Know. Yeah, man. So, uh, Jonathan, I mean, tell us, what's uh, where, where did it start for you? Not necessarily writing or getting into it professionally, but um, you know, just reading comics. When, when did that become a thing? Um, I so long ago i 
couldn't tell you. I don't remember. Um, That's awesome. We have um, comics in Britain. We, we obviously get American comics, but traditionally our comics are children's comics. They're okay. like the funny pages. Um, gotcha. So we, we had these um, comics when I was a kid that had been around for decades before I started getting them. Uh, one was called the Beano and the other one was the Dandy. And uh, they were like uh, printed on newsprint um, mm-hmm. and you could get them from your local newsagent or newsstand. Um, and my nan used to get them for me uh, every week. She would come and see me on a, on a Saturday and she would bring me my comics and I would sit and read them that day and then have to wait a full week until the next issue. (laughs) And yeah, so that was, and then as I got a bit older, I discovered Asterix. That was my next big thing, the French comic. Um, Because I I used to go to France on holidays and stuff and you could pick them up on the ferry on the way there. So I would get them on the ferry and I'd have finished the, the volume by the time we got to France. So, so, so you're um, reading these in, you're, they're French comics, so you're, you're having to know French to read these. Uh, as no, an American, okay. French ahead. comics originally, but I was reading the English translation. Okay, all right. See, as an American, we just assume that everybody on that side of the world just knows every language. Um, uh, so, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it, it's it, we're, we're, we're not all that bright over here. I'm sure you, you, you've it, it watched the news, been, but. It would have been very handy for my career if I had learned French at some <laughs> point. Um, I've ended up working in a lot of translated comics, mostly French, and yeah. I can barely speak a word. Oh, wow. Wow, man. See, I, I didn't <laughs> realize French comics were really a thing. I mean, obviously they would be, but they, they haven't made it over here. So it's that's, I'm completely ignorant to all that. I didn't realize they were translated like the, you know, I, universally, as, as you say they are. So that, that, that's amazing. So you're getting into the French comics. Uh, Asterix is the one that kind of really stuck with you you say um is there a certain point where you you know that you recollect where you say okay this is what i want to do or is it just still a hobby until decades later um well it was some time after that that um i watched a documentary um there's a british chat chat show host is sort of you know the british uh, jay leno or david letterman um, okay and he's, his name's Jonathan Ross, and he's really into comics. Famously, he's, you know, he's a huge fan of comics. He's got like three different copies of Amazing Fantasy 15, I think. Okay, so he, he's into American comics. Yes, like the, yeah. Like the Golden Age and the Silver Age, the high, yeah. uh, blue chip books. Gotcha, okay. Um, and he did a documentary on Steve Ditko. And it was, there was something about the his passion for comics and particularly Ditko's work that came across in that documentary that made me really um, just fall in love with his enthusiasm for it. Mm-hmm. And the, the next, the very next day I, um, cause I wasn't into comics at all. I didn't really know where to get comics other than, you know, the, the Asterix books that I read. Um, so I, I looked up um, where there was a comic shop, and it turned out to be Forbidden Planet, which is quite a big chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's owned actually by Titan Comics, who's a publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I went there the next day and picked up uh, just a few random comics. Um, 
I can't remember what all of them were, but there were a couple of issues of Amazing Spider-Man in there. Yeah. And it was um the it was the Back in Black arc by um Straczynski. Mm-hmm. Um and that was it. I read those, loved them. Went back, I, 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 I could see how Straczynski's Spider-Man could be the thing. Um, I actually think my favorite single issue of comics of all time was uh, the Spider-Man 36, Straczynski's 9-11 issue, the, the silent issue. Or I was it? No, it wasn't necessarily silent, but it, it was, oh man, it, it was the most hard-hitting thing I've ever read in my life. So I, I could see Straczynski's Spider-Man being the thing to inspire you to want to make this a career for sure. Uh, I'm sorry, carry on. No, yeah, I just, you know, I, I went back, I got more, I, I kind of did some research and learned the things that I should be reading. You know, I picked up um, a copy of Watchmen and uh, mm. Civil War, which hadn't been out that long at the time. Um, and then I, was a few years after that, I started um, having a go at writing some scripts. Yeah. Have you ever um, written anything before that at all? I mean, like, was writing ever a thing in school that, you, you know, you particularly excelled at? Or is just, just I'm going to take this on now? It, it, for a long time, writing had been something I wanted to okay. do. Um, and I tried various things. I'd, you know, had a, a crack at some prose and uh, tried writing, like, TV scripts and movie scripts and stuff. And, yeah, and then I started writing comic scripts, and they were awful they were they were really bad um and i hope no one sees no one ever sees one of those early efforts um and then uh i, I started sending them out to to people and i found this uh, small press uh indie anthology comic and i kept plugging away at them and i kept sending them scripts and they kept rejecting them and then eventually I got one through and I remember exactly where I was yeah. uh, when I got the email to say that, um, that they were accepting one. And I was, I was overjoyed. I couldn't believe it. And then, yeah, it kind of went from there. I, um, I sent them more and they accepted more. Um, I was still getting the odd one rejected, but, um, and then, one day I was, I was by that point, a regular at Forbidden Planet, um, mm-hmm. just, you know, checking out what they had. And one day they had a sign on the door saying they needed people. So I thought that was ideal. I'll work in a comic shop. Um, and that became uh, then moving to Titan Comics from there because they're all uh, one company. Uh, so I moved to Titan Comics as an assistant editor. And then uh, became their um, their translated titles editor. I was um, oh, cool. in charge of their translated titles imprint. Um, so the imprint Stat Express was created kind of on my watch, and I was the first person to kind of take charge of it. That's that's incredible, man. That, that's incredible. That, that's a that's a hell of a a road to i mean i love the fact that you know you, you start out working at a comic shop that just so happened to be owned by a, a publisher and then next thing you know you're you, you become an editor i mean that, that's that's an amazing origin story man we're gonna get 
Oh, I, I, I can keep going with you, man. But we got to talk to Luke a little bit. What's up, Luke? <laughs> you still there, dude? <laughs> yeah, I'm still. Sorry, yeah, I'm. Uh, I've got a, a young kitten with me, so I'm kind of keeping an eye on him as well. He's in that oh. kind of teething, biting stage, so we've got to make oh. sure he doesn't get any wires. Oh, right on, man. Right yeah, on. so I'm just kind of all all about the place. But yeah, I'm 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 here. Sorry, sorry, I was a bit late. I uh, oh, no worries, he dude. Was, he was asleep on me, and I was kind of stuck on the couch with this little lump of fur, so I had to I... try and negotiate that. Uh, I, I had to kind of make a similar negotiation with a two-year-old. So it was, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can relate. I can relate. Um, so yeah, man, you're, uh, you're, you're the artist behind, I have I we even said the name of the book yet. Disco nuts. Have we said it yet? I don't I think we have. Oh, I thought we did to it. We're definitely going to, we're, we're, we're building up, but I mean the, the, the man behind the, uh, the visuals behind yeah. disco nuts. Luke, yes. um, tell us a little bit about, you know, your, your, your backstory with comics, how you got into comics, uh, particularly uh, enjoying them before professionally. So my, mine's a lot shorter story than, than Jonathan's. I, I, when I was younger, I had a couple of Spider-Man. I think that was kind of what you did growing up. I had a couple, what my, the one I remember is when Spider-Man went to the future and he had this kind of metallic arm and he always had this big gun with him. And that was one of the, the first comics I ever really read. And I think I was about, nine or ten um and then i completely went away from comics um till about 2013 so okay. i was working for i was working marketing at that stage and i'm a friend of mine like the batman so I've, i'm heavily influenced well grew up mainly on on dc so okay. batman all that kind of watchman all that kind of stuff and that's when i got back into it so i did that year one Frank Miller stuff, um, Dark Knight Returns, all that. So it was very much the classics. Then I went a bit kind of, for me, it was a bit off piece with is it Paul Pope's Batman Year 100. Okay. Kind of that, that weird, that art for me was very trippy. At that stage. I was still very much into my, my Jim Lee style, kind of hyper, hyper realistic. Mm-hmm. Read a bit of that. And that's kind of where that much for me, cartoony kind of took hold. And I didn't realize it then. It was still early doors for me. Um, so yeah, that was good. Um, I guess when I was 25, when and decided I wanted to to try and draw, either stay at my desk job or learn to draw mm-hmm. uh, or get better at drawing. So I always, always, always drew, but it was taking never... it seriously. Yeah, exactly. So right. I was kind of working and I, at my job and I was doodling on the side and I realized I was getting better because I was figuring out what I was doing wrong, etc. Mm-hmm. And I, um, yeah, so I thought, okay, well, I've got to take this seriously or not. And, and now is the right time applied and got into SCAD in Savannah in Georgia and did that when did my master's for a year and a half so I did it in sequential art so that's where my kind of understanding of comics comes from and the storytelling element it's kind of half self-taught half at SCAD they kind of broke me down nice man to, to the base of my art artistic ability and then they built me up in the way they do do things and you know I, I haven't looked back and it's one of those kind of experiences that I've, you know, I was very blessed to be able to do so. Um, oh. And that was what, 2017, I, I graduated and then went and did a, an art internship at Titan, which is where I met Jonathan. And then that's where the magic began. So I'm still kind of, I'm still trying to get into comics or doing my thing, but I, I work predominantly in architecture. So I do all the 3D wow. visualizations, the Photoshop, photorealistic stuff alongside 2D stuff as well. So very different for what I want to do, but near yeah. enough that it keeps me drawing. 
you, you just set a, a standard for yourself that you're, I mean, it's going <laughs> to, I mean, as an architecture guy, you know, mm -hmm. laying out scenery and everything as a comic book artist, I mean, the, the, the standards are going to be very high for you now that you put Ab that out there, man. And, Absolutely. But I, I, I believe, I believe that the, the abilities are there. I really do. Um, I, I mean, uh, I, I don't, I don't think I have a, uh, um, any, um, preview art here, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, I could just imagine. I, I really can. Uh, a, a book called Disco Knots. You know, I, that, that, that in itself. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing the title, and I'm, I'm as somebody that reads an abundance of comics, you know, I, I've, I'm, I'm able to just kind of take a title and take what I will with that. And then uh, just knowing somebody that has an artist uh, behind it that has an architectural background and a writer uh, and an editor that's, that's done books like Tank Girl and... Um, uh, the, doctor who like huge cult following books yeah. um i'm <laughs> this kickstarter has me so goddamn pumped guys uh <laughs> I, I i am just just by the name and just the, the the few minutes i've spent with the two creators not having anything in front of me you're off to a really good start here um so let's let's talk about you two meeting you know um you're you're the peanut butter you're the jelly you guys find it and then what's what's the first project that comes together with you two Oh, I'll let Jonathan start off with this. See if he uh, remembers. Yeah, so we'd, um, I think I'd spotted Luke doodling in his notebook on his lunch breaks at Titan. No shit. Um, and I, you know, as a comics writer, I was always on the lookout for an artist. I was, what, what, what kind of stuff did you see him doodling? Was it like faces or was it scenescapes? Or I'm, I'm just curious. Like, what, 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 the one that there? sticks in my head and it was it was then something we bonded over was he was drawing cowboys no shit okay and then we started uh, see, talking I, about westerns so, so, so two two english fellows bonding over cowboys i mean yeah. the, the americans right now are going crazy like they're like yeah we're, we're everywhere man <laughs> this is awesome i was well I, I was raised on that my my dad is um my dad was kind of he dropped out of school and he has no formal education but he um, taught himself uh, American history. We he has uh, you know a room full of books dedicated to that period of history, and we would watch um, Western movies constantly. Um, so yeah, I was educated in that from a very young age, and then it turned out Luke had the same uh, mm -hmm. the same kind of passion for it. So yeah, I saw him doodling, and it was a this guy's an artist. B he likes westerns. We're gonna get on. Oh, that, that's amazing, man! So, so what? What's the project that brings you two together formally? Uh, so, I was, uh, I think I was just messing about on Twitter during one lunch break, and I saw this ad, and it was by a, a British publisher called Self Made Hero, and they were putting together a one-off, uh, one-shot comic um, about. British politician called Jeremy Corbyn okay. and they were after uh, sort of anything from one to I think five or so pages mm -hmm. uh, based on this guy so I immediately said to Luke are you in we're doing this yeah, and luckily he agreed yeah it was quite late in the in the process because Jonathan said he, he texted me I think it was and he said to me he was like I've got a uh, seen this from self-made hero do you fancy giving it a go I was like yeah sure he said I've got a story I just need to have a look at it 
Um, but unfortunately, it's going to be a tight turnaround. And I think we had something like three days to get it in. And it was, uh, what was it three, three, four page story, wasn't it? Something like that. Uh, yeah, we ended up with three pages. Yeah, yeah you so had to pages. draw, colour, letter them <laughs> yeah, in three to, days. Yeah, and at that stage, I worked traditionally, like flat out, just traditionally. I have no compromises with it. And that, yeah, and that was so much fun. Um, I can't remember ever thinking more about my work, like as in being so conscious of my work. I was looking at it. I would leave it for a couple of hours, come back, and I was so nervous about getting in, especially because Jonathan... I always, I always knew Jonathan had high standards with it, with who he paired with. So it, I always wanted to try and impress and, you know, get that, get that partnership going. Cause I think from very early on, we knew that disco notes or something, there's an idea that Jonathan had, it was, it was over. Um, we were photocopying some documents in the, in the kitchen of all places. And he goes, he just turns to me and says, I've got an idea for a comic. And I think it's quite out there and weird, but let me see, let me see what you think of it. And he told me, and well, we'll explain more about that, but I was hooked and I was like, I've got to, we've got to get to the stage where this happens. And here we are, I guess. That's incredible, man. That's incredible. So since then, you guys have both moved beyond Titan to, to focus Mm -hmm. on creator owned projects, particularly this, I would imagine, uh, was Mm -hmm. was the focus at at the time. Well, let's, let's talk about this, man. Let's talk about this, this, this Kickstarter. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for it. I have nothing in front of me and I'm legitimately (laughs) pumped for it. Um, I, I'm, (laughs) uh let's well let, let's continue this conversation i guess you know you're at the, the the photo printer and you know he turns to you and says i've got this idea um i mean let, let's uh, john what's the pitch man see i can't i can't tell you exactly what i told luke at the time <laughs> because that's that's issues three and four uh-huh okay <laughs> see i like that. all right all right but um wait we were we were talking about this the other day and saying I'm a writer, Luke's an artist, neither of us are salesmen. Mm-hmm. And we we were struggling to come up with, you know, how do we sell this? We're we're doing this Kickstarter, how do we sell it? And luckily, at the last minute, um, Richard Starkings uh, ended up helping us out. He's the creator of Elephant Men. Okay. And he also uh, founded the lettering company Comicraft. Oh, wow. Wow. So I've been reaching out to some, uh, you know, contacts and acquaintances just to say, can you give us a quote for this? It would it would really help us if you could give us a quote. And uh, Richard came back to us with his description of Disco Noughts was um, a love letter, a love letter to the 70s wrapped up as an 80s summer blockbuster. Oh, man. So that's it. that's a a hell of a tagline man like that that, that'll sell anything and it's it's kind of um (laughs) it's what you get if you cross the a team with the bgs okay it's 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 got that a team feel you know it's a it's a group um that are traveling around writing wrongs and sticking up for the little guy and but, but it's bigger than that. And they're not yeah. just saving uh, a town or a person. They're saving the galaxy um, in every issue. Because why not? Disc- the Discoverse. The, yeah, it. in the Discoverse. <laughs> oh, man, I love um, it. And they are uh, a disco band. Uh, yeah, traveling uh, around the galaxy, the Discoverse, uh, just saving planets and um, doing their thing. 
Uh, so, so Luke, you're, you're, you realize, okay, I'm going to have to not just design, you know, um, a, a town or one environment. You, you, you're, you've been given the task now to essentially design the disco verse. I mean, the, oh, yeah. the, the, you, you can go anywhere, do anything. I mean, you've got like Rick and Morty level of potential, you know, yes. just there, there's, so where does your brain go first? Like what's the first scenery that pops into your head when, when you're given this, this pitch so <clears throat> this is this is a funny story it's just it's a shame it's a shame don't have any of the visuals to see just yet because what the idea that i had originally when the idea was first pitched to me is so totally different when jonathan came up to me and said i've got an idea of this um this disco kind of crime fighting team i was thinking first of all in my head could be some cool like power ranger style suits you know get proper right. proper sci-fi really kind of hit into that what the essence of sci-fi and then i mean this this project we've talked about for a couple of years is my art wasn't at a stage when we first did it where i was comfortable to say let's let's go with it right so i've, I've, I've improved from then and what's come now is something so completely different that i even don't know where it goes sometimes most of the time the the, the designs that i get for the environment say are, are on the fly because i don't like I can bog myself down with thinking too much. Like, do I go Rick and Morty with some crazy trees? Do I go Adventure Time with some super simplistic, like treehouse style things? Do I go mm. Star Wars, Star Trek? What do I do? So a lot of it's kind of on the fly. And a lot of it is I was, I've made a, um, a 70s playlist of 70s disco music. And I have that on and I listen to it. And really? it's, really, okay. it's going to sound really like arty farty, but I just let the music take me where where I go so um, it's totally influenced so sometimes like if you have say Boogie Wonderland for instance or you know Boney M Rara Rasputin that kind of it's more the melody that that creates this world for me so yeah it's 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 very much ad hoc and then obviously everything doesn't like change panel to panel but I keep the same vibe and I keep the, the, everything has its, its knit together but uh yeah it's I don't set thing, up man. yeah exactly you know I enjoy that. That's that thing is that's very new. Something I'm not used to. Usually, I'm I'm sitting there sketchbook out pages as Jonathan saw pages and pages of me drawing. What does a spaceship look like on the inside? Do I have all the greebly bits? Do I have enough wires? All that kind of stuff. This was just what I'm going to do is I'm going to draw four walls or or whatever and have a few landmarks. But whatever it filled in with, whether it's circles, stars, whatever, it's just going to happen, and mm -hmm. I'll enjoy it. And then yeah, that's what's happened really. So I love it, man. I I I love an artist that's. Too smart to overthink, you know. I mean, being an, uh, an architectural, you know, person like yourself, I, mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine how stressful it would be to be given the task to design space. Yeah. So I mean, uh, to, to to just, and then it's one thing if it were, you know, just any old book. I say, you know, I play music and whatever happens, but you, the book's called Disco Nuts, and you're playing mm -hmm. disco music. I mean, yeah. it, and that's that's what's driving your pen. That that's incredible. That, that, that's incredible. I love yeah. that. That that is what. Uh, this is the type of story that I love to get out of these these types of interviews, man. Just everybody has their own particular way of doing things. There's no right or wrong way, and this is one of the more interesting ones for sure that I've heard. And I've done <laughs> a bunch of these, so this is. Oh man. Um, so uh, go ahead. Go ahead. So that that's the that's the the thing about it is this comic is so different but it's a passion and you'll be able to tell and i'm guessing from speaking to us this is a passion project for us both you know it's just it's not nothing i've come across before anyway 
so to be a part of something like this has just been so much fun and i hope that is reflected in the artwork and in the story and in, in the puns and everything like that just yeah Oh, the puns. So, uh, I mean, I, I, we could sense some comedy coming out of it. Mm. But, I mean, when, when, you, when you throw out words like puns, it's the type of comedy that I look forward to. My favorite type of book is a book that can make me laugh. Uh, I mean, I, I'm going to read it over and over. I'm going to recommend it over and over. Uh, if it makes me laugh, it's, it's going to imprint on me. I mean, my, one of my favorite books of all time is Metal Shark Bro. Why? Because I fucking cracked up throughout the whole goddamn thing. You know, it's one of my most recommended books. They're like Metal Shark, bro. I'm like, no, you read it. You'll see. I'm, I'm sensing I'm going to get that same type of, you know, chuckle and giggle throughout every single page turn. And it's just by talking to you two already. Um, Jonathan, I mean, as the writer of something like this, uh, uh, writing comedy, what, what, what type of stuff did you, did you follow to make you laugh? I mean, what, what inspires you to, to, to do the comedy? Comedy was always what I wanted to do. When I yeah. um, started writing, it was TV scripts. It was sitcoms, okay. um, skits. Uh, I always wanted to do that. I um, Just growing up from the age of like nine, maybe, I started discovering sitcoms and I just devoured them. And then as I got a bit older, comedy movies, um, just anything as long as it was funny I wanted it and I knew all the actors names and I knew the directors and even the people who did the score um, and then as I got a bit older or well, sort of my, my mid-twenties I had a bit of a go at stand-up okay um, hated it <laughs> love I love writing it but um, yeah. I'm not I'm not a performer um, okay so that's the bit I really struggled with so I was thinking it was time to move on from the short stories in anthologies and do something bigger, go for full issues or a whole series. And yeah, Disco Noughts just kind of naturally happened. I was, I was thinking, you know, about my favorite comics and stuff, but when it came to me doing something of my own, I, I, I wanted to, to, to take it more towards comedy. Yeah. But at the time, like Luke said, it's taken us a little while to get going with this. And it was partly, uh, he, he didn't feel like his art was up to it at the time. Um, and I kind of, I think it took me a while to find the right tone I wanted, but also, um, it, it was just that kind of, we, we knew we were going to do it. But we needed, we needed the, the right, it. yeah. We need and we needed the right space, and it happened with um, with lockdown, uh -huh. um, because we both found ourselves um, furloughed, and uh, you know we we suddenly didn't have these commitments to go into work every day, and it was it was a real time to sit back and go, what do we want to do with our lives? And the natural thing was, okay, let's, let's do it now. Like I'm, I was ready. I'd got the tone right in my head. And actually one of the big things that, that did it, because I wasn't convinced that there was a huge demand for, um, for comedy comics. Um, and I, 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 you know, I just wasn't seeing them on, you know, the list of, you know, bestsellers and stuff. Um, and, and, 
a little while ago, there was an image comic that I was so pumped for. It was the most excited I've been for a comic in years. And it was a comic called Shirtless Bear Fighter. <laughs> and that made me go, oh, okay, you can do comedy in comics. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I honestly don't know if that, was a, if that was a big hit or not, but I loved it. And I thought, well, you know, if I love it, there's going to be other people that loved it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we had the, the confidence of, of that and that we'd, we'd got into a good place. And Luke's, I mean, Luke was already a good artist, but he's right. He has uh, come on leaps and bounds in, the, in that time in between. You have to respect that as a writer, too, for someone to, you know, take on this project and say, I, I don't want to do this until I could make it the best it can be. I mean, it's I, th- I think it's always worth the wait in that um, when, when somebody really, really wants to be a part of the project, but also wants to make sure that, you know, they don't disappoint because this is this is your brain, you know, and this is this is your story. So, oh, man, oh, uh, I, I admire the hell out of that. And now now it's the perfect timing. If it wasn't for that, who knows? Maybe you guys could have been questioning. You guys would be questioning the stuff that you put out then, you know, and yeah, uh, I, I'm also I'm really glad Luke didn't listen to me. Because I, I, I was initially, I was really trying to steer him down the avenue of like a 80s, 90s animated shows that we grew up with. Mm. Um, so I was determined, like, it's going to look like He-Man or it's going to look like Brave Star or it's going to look like the old X-Men series. It's, that's what I want. And, and even to the point that I was saying that the animation on those shows is quite stilted. Um, and that's what I want. I want it like, I, I want it stilted. I want it. I want it to look quite static. <laughs> and he was saying, "A, that's not how I draw. I can't really draw in that style." And B, why do you want it to be static? It's going to be boring. <laughs> um, and in the end, I relented and I was just like, "You, you do what you want to do. Let's see. Let's see what happens." And obviously, he sent me the pages. And the first thing I go is, "Okay, you're right. Yeah." This is much better. Oh man, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm loving this story, guys. I, I, I'm loving how you guys came together to do this. Um, what, uh, the the Kickstarter. Um, it's it's going live when exactly? It goes live on the first of June, and it's live for thirty days throughout June. Awesome, awesome, man. I am I'm so pumped for the the what I'm seeing between. The, just, just the chemistry between you two talking and everything, knowing how you guys came together. It really was like the classic. I mean, how this is how I love comics to come together. Just two people just don't know what the hell's going on. And then all of a sudden they, they just, you like cowboys. I like cowboys. I got a comic here. And <laughs> now, I mean, you, you're, you're motivated to push each other even further. Uh, I mean, to, you know, want to be a better artist to be able to do this. And then his, his motivation to want to be better allowed you to polish the writing and get it to where exactly you want it to be and set the right tone. Like this to me is all the recipe for an extremely successful Kickstarter. Um, what's the, uh, what's the end game with, with this series? How many issues do you, do you want to go with this? Uh, initially it's, it's four issues, uh, which are all written and drawn. They're done. Oh, nice. Um, we we would ideally like it to like it to continue on, you know, if it's got the support um, behind it. But yeah, we, for now we're just concentrating on issue one. We want to raise uh, raise the money for that, and then 
yeah, ideally uh, the next three, a collection if we can, and then we'll look at it from there. But yeah, it's something that we've both got ideas for uh, going forward. There, you know, there's a lot of stories we would like to be able to tell in this world. And I think even, you know, if the Kickstarter thing doesn't work out, I think we will still tell them somehow. Um, yeah. maybe you know they will go on comicsology or something yeah um because it's something we just want to do well i i i get i wouldn't worry about any type of con- contingency plans i i think you're, you're going to be just fine on this um I, I i i see this book going a long way i i really do if you wanted to go further than four issues i i, I very much see that happening uh, luke's nodding in approval yes he wants to go more than four issues <laughs> Oh yeah, I'd love it. I mean, it's been such a massive. It's been a massive thing. Like no one will ever prepare you. We've I've done, most I did before this was six or seven pages. But to do yeah. a twenty to thirty, well, I think it's once first issue's thirty six pages or something. But to do thirty six pages of artwork is a marathon. But it's you know well worth it. And if there's twenty issues to come out of this, I'd happily do that. That's happily. awesome, man. I love it. That's I could see the enthusiasm in you, man. I could hear it in your voice. Uh, that. I believe this. I, I I really do believe in this project, fellas. Um, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm an incredibly busy person with a shit ton of requests that come in, and um, you know, I I have to really be picky and choosy. And without even having any preview material, I, I was just like, are you look at this resume here? The guy's you know, edited and written for. I mean. Huge cult following books. Huge cult following books. Uh, with uh, Paint Girl and uh, Doctor Who, and I mean, uh, just the, the name Disco Knots tells me this 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 art's gonna be fun, and that's all I want is to have fun reading comics. That's all it is. Just by the name, I knew that there's no way a writer would bring on a boring artist. So um, this, like I said, this is an absolute recipe for success. This is a type of comic that people need. Don't fear about writing comedy and comics. I'm your audience. Um, a lot of my listeners, that they, they, we have the same taste. We share the same taste. So um, they're, they're here in America. We, we love to laugh, man. We, we do. So don't fear in any way, shape, or form. I'm, I'm so excited for this campaign. Uh, I'm excited for the what, what, what you two have coming to you in comics. I, I see... I mean, you've already dabbled with the Eisners, <laughs> but I, 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 I'd see it going further and even further. And I mean, having the sticker on the trade of this, I, I believe in you guys. I really do. Um, man, uh, do you have any social media tags out there people can follow you at, guys? Uh, Jonathan? We, we, we do. Um, if, if I could remember. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I'm we- right there with you. That's the thing as well. We are the worst at social media, but we've got to be good at it. Okay, so the 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 Disco Nauts Instagram is uh, Disco Nauts Comic, um, and then the Twitter is something Luke. Oh, give me that second. That's, that's my cue. See how well prepared I am. And it is the. One second, sorry. No, it's, okay, it's all it's good. At no, the I, Disco I, I, Nauts. At the, yeah, the at, at, at the disco knot. Sorry, the yeah. disco knots. Gotcha. See, I can never remember if I have a the or whatever in mm-hmm. my tags. Yeah. So I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Luke, Jonathan, <laughs> it really has been an absolute pleasure. I know it's getting a little bit later out there for you, for you guys to carve out the time that you did. And I know we had some scheduling issues. We had some crazy weather move in here in Golden that caused some stuff to happen. But we, we, we made this happen. I was determined yeah. to talk to you guys, and I am so glad that I did. I look 
I really look forward to this book arriving in the mail because I'm obviously backing the Kickstarter. Um, so, <laughs> um, I'm, thank you so much once again. I, uh, I, I, I hope that you guys continue to stay safe, continue to create these amazing comics that I know is going to sweep the nation, sweep the whole world, man. Not just the nation. You guys are all, your nation, our nation, every nation, man. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm pumped for you. Um, thank you. Really, thank you. And uh, I have a feeling we'll be talking soon again. Thank you for, for yeah. giving us the time to do this. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. You guys stay yeah. safe. You too. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Hello. Come and listen to Grand Rapidians play video games. My name is Willie. I'm the original Cooking Mama World Champion, and even though I've had close to 5,000 different brews, I always keep hams in the fridge. I'm Ginger. I'm the inaugural Tetris DS World Record Setter, and you can usually hear me eye-roll at Willie's introductions. Every week, we review a beverage, we talk about a game we've played, we recommend something like a podcast, and we assign points for real-life experience. Come and listen to Grand Rapidians play video games. Found wherever you listen to quality podcasts. Well, there you have it. Episode 321 in the books. Couple more creators, they don't got cornered. Oh, man. Jonathan Stevenson, Luke Balmer. I'm loving what the hell Disco Knots is. Um, since I know I, um, I didn't have the chance to look at it before going into it. They forgot to send it to me. I didn't realize it was finished. I don't know. But um, I, I have since looked at it, and um, I've backed it on Kickstarter, and good lord, it looks like so much fun. It really does. It's exactly what I pictured, just based off the energy of, uh, of Luke the entire time, you know, and his art. It's exactly what I pictured. Um, I'm, I'm loving this. I'm, I'm loving this so much. So I do urge you, while there's still time, back Disco Nods on Kickstarter right now. Um, and after, while you're on the internets, while you're up there doing fancy things for nice people, um, keep doing those fancy things. Head on over to uh, Apple Podcast if that's, that's not where you already listen to your podcasts, or to this podcast at least, and uh, drop a review. Um, only the five-star kinds, though. And you'll see that that's the only t- kind they allow, because that's just, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm very, very grateful for every single review that comes in, and it's not just a, an ego thing or anything like that. It really does help boost this podcast in the algorithms let's get this uh let's get this in in the ears of everybody that's into comics man everybody and we we do so via the internet and um you the fans um i can put it out on social media all i want i can create the apocalypse and hope that my podcast gets retweeted enough um but no, what it comes down to is it comes down to the the listeners, you. So please um, drop those reviews. It, it means the world to this podcast. Um, and uh, after Apple Podcasts, while you're done reviewing there, I don't know, maybe head on over to podchaser.com, follow the the apocalypse list. Just click on lists. You'll know you'll you'll, you'll know as you get there. And um, on the right. 
at the, not the very top, but right under the very top. I'm really proud of the number two podcast list in the entire fucking world. You know, I'm coming for number one. I'm coming. Um, I, I say I'm us, we, we, the apocalypse. Um, and with all of the help of uh, money bags. Ken M over at uh, the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast, which is always my number one recommendation for anybody that's into pop culture or sports of any kind. Uh, uh, Moneybags and Coach and uh, Padawan J, they, they have you fucking covered. But um, Ken, Ken M, he, uh, he, he, he really helped me create the apocalypse, and I, 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 I can't stress enough how amazing the, the, this collection of um, indie podcasts are. And I, I guess by definition, not all of them are indie podcasts. I guess by definition, an independent podcast is somebody that's not on a network. Um, this is not a network, uh, but it's a bunch of, you know, the podcast trying to make it, man. It's not fucking celebrities and shit <laughs> that already have a following. It's it's just regular ass people getting their their art out there through your ears. So if if I'm I imagine you're into more than comic books. So if you're into sports, if you're into true crime, if you're into video games, if you're into film, if you're into horror, if you're into um, LGBTQ, if you're into fucking adult entertainment. Oh my god, they're all coming, blowing out of my head if you're into beer. Uh, There's every type of podcast out there, and it's all on the Apocalypse. so follow it there. And the cool thing about Podchaser um, is that you can leave reviews for every single episode out there. So, like I said, while you're out there leaving those reviews, uh, leave them all the time. You know, Apple, you just leave the one. And I know I'm really rambling here about the reviews, but I I really want to push it right now because it's super important <laughs> and i feel like it damn it um all right and well also also um make sure you double check after you leave those reviews double check back out kickstarter and make sure that you backed disco knots because that's really what it's all about people all right i'm done blabbering your ears off i uh i thank you so much for tuning in as always i command that you read responsibly and uh stay safe cheers Fuckers. You're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Good morning. Brian Wayne here to tell you about my new podcast, The Real Brains. The Real Brains podcast is a show coming out daily dedicated to the everyday struggle of just the average human being. From troubles with rage to uh, anecdotes about uh, very strange human interactions, this podcast really is just a uh, somebody that's all too familiar with the struggle. I'm here to let you know that you are not alone, so come laugh at uh, our pain together every single weekday, every place you can catch a podcast. I got the real brains with Brian Wayne. Remember, stay sane.